0: us with prayer before we get into um, Ephesians chapter 4, which is where I think is the right place to start, to ground us um, in the purpose and the importance of us being equipped to do any ministry, but we definitely need to prepare our hearts for the message of justice ministry and the role that the church should play in justice ministry. So let us pray. Father, we thank you, oh God, we pause to recognize and to acknowledge your presence. Father, we have an agenda that we've laid forward today, but as always, we give room for your spirit. So we invite you in this room, in our hearts, God, touch us, open our understanding, Father, as we open our hearts to receive you. Father, I pray that you would hide me behind your cross, teach so that your people will be taught. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So let's take a look. Um, I, I in the packet, I give an overview of Ephesians chapter four, verses one through thirteen. But if we can turn to that um, scripture, I'm gonna have Casey to read for me. Thirteen verses. It's really the um, anchorage scripture for this conference, but I thought it was relevant really to kind of walk through some of this. And you'll hear some of the preachers already. We've heard some of the preachers mm-hmm. <laughs> refer to many of these verses. Um, so it's a good setup for me as a teacher to have the preacher to, to introduce Amen. some of these concepts. So let's read it in our hearing. Um, my overview really is walking through and using the King James Version, but I'm going to ask Casey to read it in an ESV for us. That's the version of the house So I want to honor that. But some of the words and language that the King James Version uses, I wanted to help us gain some understanding of that. It's a a version that most of us are most familiar with. Um, So I used the King James Version in the um, overview. So Ephesians 4, if you'll follow along with us, um, verses 1 through 13, reads as such.
1: to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. So that's a lot. (laughs) So I give the overview to kind of help walk us through it. So in verse 1, we see that Paul beseeched, it says in the King um, James Version, and that is just to plead with us, to encourage us, to beg us (laughs) to walk worthy of the calling or the vocation, as the King James Version says. Um, that we have in Christ Jesus. And so first and foremost, when we're talking about and thinking about justice ministry, we need to understand the call to do the ministry. So, and as we move through the lesson, we'll see who that call is to. And that's really, 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 really important for us to understand. But Paul says that we should walk worthy of the calling or the vocation And this walking worthy really is um, calling us to think about the work that we do for the kingdom as something that is a lifestyle, right? So we don't come to church and um, do ministries, but we should in all of our whole life, right, live out the principles, precepts of God, right, every day. 24 hours a day. So with our whole lifestyle, we are living in a way that is pleasing to God. And that is how we walk worthy. Yeah. And then in verse 2, he encourages us even further. And he breaks down how do we walk worthy. And he lifts for us with lowliness and meekness and I share some of the meanings of those words and we're going to need those as we look through what it takes to do justice ministry. Mm-hmm. So somebody read for me lowliness. What are we talking about when we say lowliness? A
2: genuine humility that comes from association with the Lord Jesus enabling us to be other others minded. It is the opposite of conceit and arrogance.
0: Right. So when you do justice ministry, it is really really important mm-hmm that you understand that it is a ministry that requires lowliness to be Mm others-minded, right? So, in other words, uh, one of the issues that we work on in Justice Ministry is affordable housing. And if we all in the church sat back behind our gated communities and say, my housing situation is fine, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right?
2: Come
0: on now. There there is no work to do. Right, right,
2: right.
3: Right? So,
0: justice ministry requires that you are others minded. Others minded. Others minded. Lowliness, lowliness, right? And we get this humility from our association with the Lord Jesus. He is the greatest model that we will ever know. Hallelujah. And picture of lowliness, meekness, and gentleness. Somebody read for me.
4: An attitude that submits to God's dealings without rebellion responds to man's unkindness without retaliation
0: without retaliation wow. so this meekness and gentleness helps us in justice ministry because sometimes you will come up against people that you will be tempted to judge mm-hmm. in regards to so why they're in the situation that they are in come on now right but it is God and the spirit of meekness and gentleness that helps you to react to what you will see. To so what you will be exposed to in fighting for justice without having this fight or toggle or reaction to others in regards to where we may meet them. Long suffering. And I'm gonna um, just briefly go through this. This is the spirit of patience, right? Mm-hmm. So this is this prolonged, when you're doing justice, it is not a quick, <laughs> it is not a quick thing. Many of our injustices that we know and experience in the earth. Have not happened and developed overnight. And so long suffering is definitely needed for bearing one another in love. And love, I I can't say enough about love, but love is one of the key components and motivation for justice ministry. And we'll talk a little bit about, about that as we go forward. But then in verse three, Paul talks to us about this concept, which is the unity of the Spirit. In the bond of peace. 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 And I want to point this out because in justice ministry, you will learn quick Mm -hmm. that you need the bond of peace. The body of Christ needs to be knitted together because it takes oneness to move an issue forward. To have a sustained effort to move an issue forward. Mm -hmm. No little eyes and, you know, (laughs) it takes all of us right? So we need this bond of peace. And um, as we move further through in verse seven, it talks about how we were all given a gift. And so I gave everybody a card with a gift on it. Right? So we see this picture from God and how he assembles the body and gives every single person a gift. He doesn't discriminate. He doesn't say, "Well, Terry, I'm gonna give him a gift, but Casey, I won't give him none." Right, right, right. Right. He gives every single one of us a gift, and Terry's gift is not Casey's <laughs> gift, and my gift is not your right. gift. And that's where this bond and the unity of peace is so important because we can use all of our gifts, Hallelujah. right, to work to move issues forward. For the kingdom. And so God gives everybody a gift. He doesn't discriminate. He equips mm-hmm. all of us with a gift. Tell me what your gift is. Let's see what we got in the room.
4: Um, mine says mercy.
0: You have the gift of mercy. Yes. You're going to need some mercy yeah. as we work in justice ministry. Yeah. What, what was your gift? discerning of spirits discern oh God ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. we're gonna need to know yeah, yeah. right, <laughs> <know that's> right. <laughs> we're gonna Woo! need to be able to discern what spirit that's right Amen. as we are strategically like moving that. and mm-hmm. fighting for justice we we must right we need mercy we need the discerning of spirits mm-hmm. what gift did you get um administration and we need administration Amen. right we need somebody who can put things in order, who can package it for us, who can help, right, bring us all together so that we can march in the same direction on time for the sake of the kingdom. He gives all of us gifts, right, so that we don't have to argue mine as my children, as my children children sometimes do. This is mine, this is mine, this is mine. We all have gifts. But I want to draw our attention, finally, to the gift that God gives to the church, right? Um, the gift that God gives to the church in verse 11. So in 7, we learned that everybody has a gift. Mm-hmm. But I want to point out that not everybody is a gift. Mm-hmm. There's a distinction there. So in verse 11, it says, he gave us who? Apostles. Who? Possibles. Prophets evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And so that's important that we utilize these individuals to help do what? Equipped us, all of us, (laughs) for the work of ministry. And so I am here today, a gift to the body of Christ, gifted with the gift of teaching, If I had a card, I would have teaching that would be appropriate to help us understand the role of the church. I think I lost my connection here. Um, The role of the church in doing justice ministry. So we know that we have to be unified because there's one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all. So we have one mission that we are to work on in the church so to share a little bit about myself um, and why I'm standing before you today um, I'm Antoinette I said already Davis and I am the founder and former director of justice ministry here of Bible-based fellowship church so if you're a member here we have a well-organized uh, justice ministry um, for you to become a part of, which I am still serving on that leadership team um, and, and doing more work in the community to help others start their justice ministries. Um, I have four words that I use to describe myself. I'm a visionary, a strategist, a change agent, and an educator. One thing that I am very, very, very proud of in justice ministry is This racism as a public health crisis uh, resolution that was passed in 2020, I wanted to give y'all a snapshot of it, that I put it on my website so that folks can see it. Let's see if this will work. Oh, so I want you to um, know where to find it. So if you go to my website, um, you can see here at the link, the resolution is there for folks to be able to read and know. So in 2020, our county passed a resolution to declare racism a public health crisis. So that is one justice ministry um, initiative that I personally am proud of because I helped to write the resolution. I helped to um, galvanize our county around that effort and we're continuing to do that work. I'm a wife and I'm a mother to seven. And at the church, I am known as the family that coordinates every Sunday morning um, for, for worship. So that's a little bit about me. I want to allow you all to appreciate who we have in the room. So tell us a little bit about you. And I take the time to do this because one thing that we have to know about Justice Ministry, it is very relational. right? So I'll, I'll share a little bit about what it took to get that resolution passed. Um, but there's a lot of relationships that's needed to get justice ministry done. And so if you all are deciding to either join the justice ministry here at Bible Base or start your justice ministry at your own church, it is important to know what others are doing and to get this networking that we have in the room. So I wanna make sure that I pause for an opportunity for you all to share with us who you are. So as we go around, tell us your name, the church that you're from, one social justice change in your lifetime that you could think of. And then lastly, what you hope to learn out of the session for today. So we'll start here to my left.
3: Okay, my name is Rose Chevalier, um, church here, newly joined. One um, social justice changed, um, I had a group where we uh, were helping ladies leave, When they were leaving the jail facilities, a safe place for them to stay, and that was my heart. So when I heard about the justice ministry, I wanted to do something in the community to to uh, have voice for the voiceless. Mm -hmm. So, and that's why I'm here. All right. And what do you hope to learn?
0: Um I
3: am just open. I really am. I'm okay. not sure where I would fit in, but I'm just now just open to see what the justice ministry is focused on and you know how like I said, the wisdom nugget is integrate and not interrupt, so to see where I could just merge in.
0: All right, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Good Thank you to that. I like that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm Janie
2: Church. That's my last name. Um, we joined Bible Base, um last year, so it's a little over a year now that we've been members of the church. For, no, March will be a year that we joined the church. Um, and one social justice um, change, I think for me, just coming out of, retiring out of government and seeing injustices inside of there, mm-hmm. my battle's been really like a quiet battle where I take on other people's issues and with racism and different like, how they're treated in the workplace with hr and then work within my scope of, of authority to get them justice so whether uh, that's suing the united states government which i did you know i mean whatever it took mm-hmm. to do that so now looking at from a bigger scope this ministry here i tried to attend a couple things but something got the schedule so i wasn't able to attend so I just, just like my sister here, I just hope to learn you know, how I can support your the mission here and, and see where I fit in here. Cause I want, I don't want to just come and just start doing something I want to complete. Cause I'm gonna go hundred percent. So I'd rather take my time and see where, where the Lord wants to use me at and where I can, you know, support whoever's doing it, you know, in, in a great way. Um, one of my models, because I have a ministry in my school, women's ministry as well, You know, is we can do more together
0: than we can apart. Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: nice. Absolutely. All right. Good even Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, Terry Metmellon. Uh, a little background on me. Uh, Let's see. We <laughs> could My wife and I, we spent 19 and a half years here at Bible Base Fellowship Church. We had the blessing of our pastor, the Arthur T. Jones, mm-hmm. to go out and start a new ministry, and we've uh, been the pastors of the church, uh, New Dawn Restoration Center, for the like last seventeen years. But it's always good to come home because we uh, we support each other. That's so, the ministry, That's awesome. Pastor Tony, is yeah. incredible. Um, what social justice change? Um, I spent twenty five years in corporate America before we went to the uh, full time with the church, and I was in HR. So, a lot of us um, do um, some of the um, equal rights of um, the hiring processes mm-hmm. to make sure that folk are getting their um, fair shake on interviews mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not just coming there and being like, okay, we need this number, so we need you a number today. Mm-hmm. So, there's a fairness of employment. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay.
4: That's and true. Uh, what do you hope to learn? Uh, now that I'm speaking with you guys, we have a justice, uh, social justice uh, ministry at our church. Mm-hmm. And I uh, would probably, like, well, I would like perhaps talk to uh, our guy to get up with you. I am yes. Okay. <laughs> We've been connected. Mm-hmm.
0: You have? We have, yes. Oh,
4: okay, see.
1: Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: Natalie and I'm yeah. late to the party, but I'm glad yeah. to be in the party.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they are
4: awesome people and you are yeah. awesome people. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm yeah. here so I can learn more. I can take some stuff back to them and say, hey, look, I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm
0: good.
4: That's cool. why I'm here then. Okay, now I see.
0: Alright, so I think that everybody in your respected places will, um, will get something out of what we're trying to convey today and in regards to justice ministry. We don't have time to get into all of the nuts and bolts of uh, justice ministry, but I've identified seven keys that I think is necessary with building a justice ministry. Um, the ones that are not shown here will be the ones that we will delve into a little bit more. But a spiritual foundation and vision is, is, is number one needed. Good leadership, teaching and equipping. I mean, that's a component of justice ministry that we don't spend enough time doing. But we also need to acknowledge, and I'm glad that um, we heard um, Apostle Jones say this, That money and finances and investment is needed if you want to have a justice ministry branding. The use of visual aids is very much needed in relationships. You really can't get much done without these seven key components. All right, so let's get into what are we going to be talking about today. We're going to be covering, and I hope I was quiz y'all at the end, so I'll let y'all know. (laughs) I hope that y'all can say something about this but what is doing justice? We need to really clear that up for everybody um, today. The role of the church, and then we'll talk a little bit, I'll weave this through, um, how you begin and build a justice ministry. All right, social justice. And this is um, on your handout for a fill in the blank, just so that you can walk away um, and answer these questions. And, and some of the key things that I want you to walk away with, I put them as blanks on your handout. So what is doing justice. Here's a basic definition that I'm giving. Systemic change, that's what goes in your blank. For fairness and equality, restoring God's intended plan of promise, abundance, and community. What is doing justice? Systemic change, why? For fairness and equality, restoring whose plan
1: god's
0: intended plan and that's so important that we make sure that we stay focused in justice ministry that we're not restoring what we think should be the plan right um and as we go through some of the definitions um, that'll make more sense to us but it's important that as we get into justice ministry that we are laser focused on god's intended plan so systemic change we need to know systemic change is really in looking at all of the systems so you talked about a system the criminal justice system with the prison ministry you talked about a system with uh, with employment right um these are all systems that are operating (laughs) In the earth that are not necessarily working and operated as God intended, right? We're in a fallen world, right? Um, so when we're working for justice, we are looking to challenge those systems, right? We're looking to call out when things are not fair, right? We're looking and seeking for, um, those systems to look and resemble what God would consider to be something that is equitable. We talked about how God gave everybody a gift, right? He didn't discriminate, right? Everybody has a gift. So he is showing us this model of equality, right? And so in this fallen world, it is definitely necessary that the church is fighting for justice so that things can be restorative. And understanding this idea of restorative, um, we we need to, and like I said, when we're doing justice, well, we need loneliness, we need meekness, right? Because if you get into it and you start trying to say, well, this person is in this situation, why? Because they didn't go to college, or because they had kids out of wedlock. If we get into all of that, we will lose sight Right of the work that God is calling on the church to restore things back to his intended plan. So systemic change. Systemic change is change that is long-term change. So we talk about systemic change, we're talking about policies. Yes, yes, no doubt. (laughs) I always tell people, we're not playing checkers. Justice Ministry is about paying chess. Mm-hmm. You meet with a local official and they'll tell you, oh yeah, that's good, I support your cause. The Where is the policies? Yeah, hallelujah, come on. Right. Mm-hmm. Where's the policies? We have to get written policies that will influence culture mm-hmm. and practices and it's a measure for accountability. So we're looking to change the system. That's right. Not to tolerate the status quo. That is what doing justice is. Alright? Okay, let's move on because we got a lot to cover. Alright, so I asked this question: who should do justice? Right? So we talked about what doing justice is. Who should do justice? I have three scriptures that I um, put on the screen that I want us to consider before we answer this question. I'ma have Casey read them for me, for, your, for our consideration. Proverbs 21, if you wanna turn there. Verse 15, if you can read it in the Amplified for me, that would be super. And I choose these versions, not because one is better than the other, but because of some of the language that is used to convey the message. Mm-hmm. So any version is fine that you have. But I'm choosing Amplified to make a point. All right, ready? Read.
1: When justice is done, it is a joy to the righteous, the upright, the one in right standing with God. But to the evildoers, it is disaster. All right.
0: So we have two groups that's mentioned in this text. It is who? The righteous. And the, the righteous. Evildoers. Those who are upright and in right relationship with God. Another way that we could say that is people who are saved. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Right? So the church. Mm -hmm. Right? Those folks in the church who are saved. The body of Christ. All right? Who's the other group that this, this text mentions for us?
2: Evil
0: doers. Evil doers. Those are people who are not saved. Right? When justice is done, it is who that, that is happy about this? The body, of the body of Christ, the church. Next text Proverbs 28, verse 5, in the voice. If y'all don't know that that version, please bless your life and, <laughs> and start reading. Uh, it definitely helps. It's a more contemporary version, but it helps.
1: Okay. Evil people are not able to understand justice, but those who perceive, pursue the eternal understand it completely.
0: Alright, so we got two groups again in this text. Who? Evil people. Evil, men. Evil doers again, right? And, and the text tells us, what about them? They, understand they are not able to understand justice. Right, so so even the, the most kind-hearted person, we would want to think, if you are evildoer, evildoers are, are who? Those who are not, not saved. saved. Mm-hmm. You are not able to understand justice. The scriptures tell us, right. right? So my question is, who should do justice? Who should do justice? Last text, Micah six eight ESV. So let that ponder, who should do justice? And I ask this question and I like to challenge folks about this because we see injustices, right? And then sometimes we see them doing justice. Them, right? So, but as the body of Christ, we have to understand what justice is, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, and what does it mean to do justice. So consider this. If justice is to seek systemic change, so policies, right, to change practices towards fairness and equality, if that's what it is, then would we want an evildoer, <laughs> right, right? A person who is not able, the Bible says, mm-hmm. don't have the capacity on to understand justice. Mm-hmm. Do we want them doing justice? Mm-hmm. Come on now. All right. Last text.
1: He has told you, oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God.
0: All right. So he has told you what is required of you to do justice. All right. So let's understand who who requires. What does the text say? Who requires? What does God require of you? The you in that text is you. Point to yourself. What does God require of you? Do justice. Do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. That is what he requires of you. Notice that the text does not say that Pastor White requires it. (laughs) Doesn't say that. Doesn't say that, you know, Pastor McMillan requires it. But God requires that of, points to yourself, you. Yes, 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 indeed. Right, and then that you is also to be understand understood as a collective you, Mm -hmm. you, the church. church. What does God require of you? To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I always tell people when I share this text: three things. I tell my kids before I leave the house: I want the kitchen clean, the bathroom clean, and your room clean. When I get home and they clean their room, mm-hmm. they have not done what I've asked them to do. <laughs> so a lot of times the church is good about doing mercy, loving mercy, mercy ministries. Mm-hmm. We got food pantries. We got tutoring. We got, mm-hmm. right, all the service. Mm-hmm. We need service. Right. Mercy ministries. Let me, let me be clear about that mm-hmm. because people are hurting right now. I need to eat right now. I need my rent paid right now. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, the church does a good job with mercy ministries and walking and teaching how to walk humbly with God. We have Bible studies. We have Sunday school. We have, right, women's groups and men's groups. We're teaching folks how to walk humbly with God. But what are we doing in regards to justice? Mm -hmm. Are we doing all three? that God requires and so justice remember is to challenge the world's systems so that those systems can be in more alignment with God's intended plan all right so I said earlier love has to be it has to be you cannot do justice ministry If love is not your motivation, you have to love people. You have to love God's creation. I'm talking about all kind of people. All All kind of people. You have to love everybody. And love is this word, as we've said, that really helps you get out of self. And it helps you with that loneliness that I talked about earlier that you need to do justice ministry, to be others-minded, to bear the burdens of one another as a Scriptures teach us. Hallelujah. Right? So we need love. So the question for your handout, who should do justice? Who? The church. The church. The church. And you have another blank. The motivation of doing justice is love. love. And we know from 1 John 4, 7, that God is love. Right? So it's all intertwined. All right, let's keep moving. Why should we do justice? And we just talked about this real quickly. We learned from Micah 6a that God requires it. That's why. So we're wondering, should I be a part of who? You. (laughs) God requires you to do justice. And secondly, This is what I love about God is that he gives us a vocation or a calling, but he also equips us to do justice. So we don't have to try to do it or figure out how to do it on our own. We said in the opening text that God gave a gift to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the body of Christ for the work of ministry, So we don't have to figure it out on our own. God equips us with his spirit. He equipped us with one another. We have to do justice how? We have to do justice together. I always tell folks, you can't be one black church (laughs) crying about the racism in the the county, (laughs) right? We have to do justice together. White folks, black folks, all folks I used this picture um, in a previous slide of Martin Luther King and alongside him, standing alongside him are other clergy, folks that are white and of other nationalities, fighting for justice and equality, equal opportunity for folks. It takes all of us. It takes all of us. So if your church if New Dawn is, is starting justice ministry, then they need to call Bible Base. <laughs> when Antoinette Davis has, has, has built the justice ministry, doing great things to help New Dawn get started with their justice ministry. Amen. And I'll share this story about when we was trying to get the resolution passed. We had did all the research, all the data, I mean it speaks for itself, <laughs> and we have racial disparities all over in every category. We got racial disparities. Right? But we can't be one black church complaining about the racial disparities. So who can we call to be an ally? And so we was like, we need USL. Right? You know, we need we need the, the health department. We need who do we know? What relationships do we have? Right? I don't know the dean of the College of Public Health at the time, but somebody in our network knew her and we reached out to the College of Public Health of USF who wrote us a letter that said yes racism is a public health crisis i support this initiative mm. right mm. and so you have to use your relationships you you cannot you can't get it done i was able to call commissioners and have meetings why because of relationships they don't just meet with everybody mm. So because they prioritize their time, and for good reason, they need to be prioritizing their time, right? But when you have a coalition of people, we got the NAACP, we got all of the churches, all of the churches, right, calling the faith-based community, we got the academic community, we got the public health profession. They can't say no to all of us, right? So you need relationships, and you have to do justice ministry together, I share this scripture here in the corner, Ecclesiastes 4 9, which just underscores the fact that we are better together. Yes. All right, so we definitely have to do justice ministry together. All right, so I want to break here, because I've been saying a lot, and help you to um, have some time to work through the application of justice ministry being done, and three examples that I give. I was hoping to have a large enough crew to separate y'all to work with someone, but we have three examples, and guess what? We have three participants. <laughs> so each of you will work independently, but we will come back together to share some of the responses that you have to those questions. For some time, um, let's go ahead and reconvene and look at these three scenarios to glean the information that we need to understand in regards to starting and building our justice ministry. So, first of all, I give us some, some um, important terms. So, I give the word justice. So, just as a basic, you know, start, we should understand that justice just simply means to do to make something right, right? So, so to make right is the definition. Um, and biblically, we understand. That justice means righteousness. Righteousness meaning a right relationship with God, right? His plan, his will, right? With him, his precepts, his concepts, right? That is what justice is. And so we talked about earlier about who should do justice. Can somebody tell me why it makes sense? besides the scriptures tell us <laughs> that we should be doing justice but why it makes sense for the church to do justice i think
3: um we have the spiritual moral compass mm-hmm. um you know making decisions on you know just biblical foundation mm-hmm. and i think that it yeah that makes it um
2: fairly applied mm-hmm. Not for self gain, mm-hmm. so that makes your motivation different than someone who would be evil. Right? Mm-hmm. They would be doing it in the, in their shadows. It might be for self gain in the long run. Mm-hmm. Their, their intentions are not right because, mm-hmm. like you said in the scripture, they can't be right anyway. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Okay.
2: The church foundation stands for righteousness.
4: So when you follow the precepts of righteousness and what the church stands for.
0: So, right, Um, so if we want to make something right, that's the definition of justice, Um, it is important to acknowledge that it is God who determines right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) remember I talked about earlier about being lowly and and humble in doing this work, because um, you will, through experience, you will have opportunities to you know, be advocating for something and you can get so emotionally involved, right? Um, that it's important that you keep sight of what is right is determined by God, mm-hmm. not by Antoinette mm-hmm. or no other person, mm-hmm. right? And so you have to pray, you have to seek and have that discerning spirit right to know where the where the lord is leading. And so I tell people all the time, every issue is not a justice issue. <laughs> it just simply is not. Right? Every issue is not a justice issue, right? And so we have to make sure that we understand that justice starts with God and it ends with God. And we're just vessels that he's using, right? To work through to get that systemic change. But it is him who determines what is right. Not us. And um, if we think about any um, injustice or any like um, case that we've seen in the in the news, where you know something happened, I'll use one that really shook me to my core and really um, changed my my life, really, and how I look at it and, and how much I consume. But the Trayvon Martin, um, I don't know if y'all remember that trial. Oh, yeah. I watched it every day um and we form our opinions about what's right like we're listening and you form your opinions about what's right you know what i'm saying and i'm just just saying this to remind us that it is god who determines what is right right and so as we're seeking justice we have to not not get so caught up in us having the power for change but god is sitting high <laughs> Right, and he is letting things play out, and 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 um, and he's navigating things the way he intends, right? So, we have to make sure that we understand that God is the one who determines what is right. Injustice, right, It's the lack of fairness. I say here it is when something is not right or wrongdoing, okay? Injustice, and then in doing justice, we went over that definition, so I won't um go through that. Anymore, but these key terms or important terms is something that I wanted us to keep in the forefront of our mind as we went through our scenarios. And so we'll we'll go over Acts six verses one through uh, six uh, really quickly. Terry, if you don't mind uh, sharing that scenario with us and what answers you came up with for what was the injustice, and hopefully you did underline for yourself. What verses help to support that answer?
4: You know, it's so ironic. Verses six, one through six. There, the uh, we have deacons in our church, and I and I, I teach the, the deacons class. Okay. So this right here, this Acts six, one through six, is actually the first deacons,
0: mm-hmm.
4: and that's how the uh, that was established. So what, what was happening here? The it uh, um, was complaint about hellen- the Hellenistic Jews because they were not getting the widows were not getting the Proper amount of food that they uh, thought that they deserved there, uh-huh. but there were so many folk that were there that were, that were uh, doing other things there, and they were not giving them what they did what they should have gotten an equal portion. Uh-huh. So that's when Stephen made uh, they appointed Stephen to be the head of the um, for another word they were calling because they the head of the group. Uh-huh. So uh, what was the injustice? I underline six uh, one, uh-huh. and it says. Uh, the uh, there was a complaint by the uh, Hellen, Hellenistic Jews against the Hebrews mm-hmm. because the widows were being neglected in the daily distribution, mm-hmm. distribution of food, and um, that's what I to, That's what I underlined to support that answer. Okay,
0: if you agree with him, give him a hand. Y'all got some <laughs> some hands. Oh. I don't have mine. To do that oh. If oh, yeah. you <laughs> agree <laughs> with that answer, took my <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all right. There, over <laughs> was, there was I'll give you <laughs> All right, so the injustice here, and I give the background so that you know who the Hellenistic um, folks were and who the who, who the Hebrews were, right? So I give that background so you can see that. Um, but, yes, the injustice here is that there was a disproportionate um, distribution in the food that they were giving out and so forth to the widows in that in that time. All right, next question.
4: Uh, what role does the church play in doing justice? And uh, six and four, um, so the church will, we are positioned to revoke ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So the church, as, as, as people of the church, we have to pray. We have to pray for righteousness, we have to pray for um, equality, we have to pray um, that everyone is treated fairly. So I use 6-4 as, as one of what what does the church play in doing justice on the line of verses to support your answer and 6-5 of course and when they said and what they said pleased the whole gathering and they chose Stephen a man of full faith and the Holy Spirit. So the church went into action mm-hmm. and the church went into action and said we're going to correct a wrong and we're going to make this right and we're going to make it right for everyone whether they're Hebrews or uh, the Jews there, and didn't the matter the background, it didn't the matter what they came from, wouldn't matter what they were doing there. We're gonna make it right for everyone. Right, right,
0: right. So I want to point out this fact, right? So this complaint arose, right? Um, you had Paul and all of the other disciples. Um, they were, I mean, Peter and the other disciples. Mm-hmm. They were doing the work, you know, ministry, sharing the word. This is a time when the church was, you know, fairly a new entity. Um, And so they had others who were distributing the food to the widows, right? And so you had some group of people that said, well, we're getting one apple, one banana, and we have a household of four. And over here, there's another group that, is, that looks different <laughs> than, than we do. For some reason, they have a family of four and they're getting four bananas and four apples. So they bring this issue to the disciples, right? And so, you know, it was like, well, we're busy teaching the word and growing the church. So they went through this process of finding a good leader. And I wanna I wanna bring this out because I share with you all the seven um, components of starting a justice a good justice ministry is having the right leader, mm-hmm. and so I think in this text we see a model for how you would want to go through a process of choosing a leader. And it says here that the person was it says a man in verse five, full of faith. Yep right? And of the what? Holy Spirit. Spirit. And you have to choose a person who is, it says in verse three, of good repute, Mm -hmm. right? So have a good reputation, reputation right? So this person is known for being fair, (laughs) right? This person is known for being full of the Holy Ghost, This person is known for having the gift of mercy and the discerning of spirits and the gift of administration. This person is known for these things, right? Full of the spirit and of wisdom. So choosing a leader who nobody could argue with, we see in the text, right? So it's no, I should be the leader, you should be the leader. Why they picked her as a leader? It was none of that at play here because the person who they selected, Stephen, had the reputation of being a man, an upright man of God. So leadership matters. Leadership matters in how you will build and begin to build out your justice ministry. And we have a model here for choosing how you would want to, the process of what you want to do in choosing a justice ministry. So the church did not ignore the complaint. They didn't say go to Metropolitan Ministries, <laughs> right? I don't know if there are believers down in Metropolitan Ministries. I don't know if anybody's gonna pray and lay hands on those folks when they go. They didn't say go to the Salvation Army, call two one one, the Meals on Wheels program. The church dealt with the injustice. right? Right. Okay. Through prayer, selecting the right leader. And that's, that's not, that's not an easy task to choose someone that everybody has consensus. That's right. That's not an easy task, Mm -hmm. but through prayer, the Holy Spirit will lead you in that way. Right. Okay. So why should the pastor have to stop writing his sermon Mm -hmm. to run the food pantry? Right, mm-hmm. when we have members of the church who are equipped, right, to do the work of just, to do the work of ministry, Amen. okay, the pastor should not Amen. have to stop writing his sermon to run the food pantry. So we saw that injustice. We saw how the church participated, not abdicating to the others. Call the county; they have a social services department that helps people who need food, but the church dealt with the injustice. Alright, the church always has had a role in social justice. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think back. I mean, I, I don't know a time, right? We've always played a role in social justice, and we have one biblical example here. Alright, Nehemiah. Let's move to the next one. Alright,
2: Nehemiah. This She was talking about um, the injustice against different groups. Here we see injustice against your own, Mm -hmm. Um, they were the same people, their own brothers and sisters, they had injustice and they were um, imputing extra taxes on them and they they, they were forcing their own brothers and sisters to sell their land to almost pimp out their daughters and, and things like that and to and to be hungry because of a famine, right? Mm-hmm. And so we see the injustice here. And then the justice part was that Nehemiah was appointed. And I always look at that as when you have power, but it's control power, mm-hmm. like Jesus. Mm-hmm. He had power. But he had, he had control power right, cause right. he can slap you down. And just like I always look at that, you know, from talking to people, I say, it's like a baby, you got power with that baby, you can Feed them or not feed them, but control power. You take gentleness and all those characteristics sure. that you talked about earlier. It takes that to, to do that work of right. the justice of mm-hmm. the with the people. And to handle them, because Nehemiah could tax them, he had the right,
0: he had the right,
2: and under his appointed position, mm-hmm. to to take extra and right. to do what the other people were doing when they were governors and things. But he didn't. He exercised control power with the characteristics of of you know, justice and to and to take care of the people. And then the point of the next question about the church is that. They just didn't sit around and see the injustice. They spoke up. Mm-hmm. Yes. They met. They said they got a council together. And mm-hmm. their approach, and, and my answer that I was talking about earlier, it's not enough just to talk it, you know, to say what you mean, mean what you say. Let's put it in writing. Then if you really mean that, let's go ahead and just write it down. And in the end, that's what they ended up going ahead and writing it down so they can write affirm what they said they were going to do they're not going to tax the people they're not going to do that injustice no more so it was an action um according to the injustice they took action and like she was teaching us today that's what the churches do just not talk about and look at it but what you going to do and it takes getting in those relationships and meeting with those people who are doing it, you know, and, and talking to them and, and get putting it in their face in a manner that it brings change without retaliation, without ignorance. I call it ignorance when we fight wrongly. Yeah, <laughs> it's ignorance, Because so then you causing more problems, because sure. now it's not. And even if you've ever been discriminated against, I have, you know, and that's why I was telling you in the workplace, how I work that, you know, I end up. Having to take action with, on behalf of the other people, but I could not do it. And it's a longer process sometimes. And you've HR, you know, it, it just can't, it just don't happen. Yeah. And you sometimes you gotta Some be that. Like, yeah, you just gotta be that person. That everybody looking at you, are oh, you gonna do this? And you're like, I'm waiting for God. Yeah. God will lead you mm-hmm. on how to fight that battle. Oh. Absolutely.
0: I just want to point out that we saw the structural change in the process. In the first example, they appointed uh, a body that was assigned Mm -hmm. to make sure that it was fair and adequate um, in regards to how they would move forward to fix, to make sure everybody got the the proper portions, Mm -hmm. right? So there was a systemic change, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, In that the second example, there was a systemic change. Actually, uh, we see that they were restoring Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right things back to God's intended plan. God never intended mm-hmm. that if you loaned your relative or mm-hmm. gave your relative something when they were fell on hard times, mm-hmm. that you would charge them interest. Right. right. Right? My sister called me and say, I you know, I fell short this month, I need somebody to pay my light bill. I said, Well, I'll give you the hundred dollars mm-hmm. to pay your light bill, but you owe me a hundred plus five percent interest. God never intended, mm-hmm. right? So we see In your example, how there was a uh, restoration to God's intended plan. Nehemiah used his power, his relationships, um, to make sure that he was able to speak out on behalf of others. Right? He was good. Nehemiah was good. Right? In his position, um, the preacher said last night, his good government job.
4: His influence
0: Right, he used his influence on behalf of others. Mm-hmm. That is justice That is justice ministry at its, at its core. Um, so Nehemiah is a great example. And then I wanted to use in a more modern day example of the church doing
3: justice. Right, and mine was, what was the injustice? And it was, you know, treating, they were treating all races unfairly and also the discriminatory laws against aimed at African Americans.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I used, uh, for her example, mm-hmm. the Civil Rights Act of, of 1964. 1964. Yeah. So there was no scripture to read there, but I pulled some of the background information uh, right. to tell that story uh, to help us see the role that the church mm-hmm. played. And I don't, I don't know... That you can necessarily um, appreciate, that we can necessarily appreciate the role that the church played in this act. I mean, you think 1964 and in 2024, come on, <laughs> right? We are still um, fighting for the things that they, the church, did back then. Yes. Right. But we have a model where the church didn't sit idly by. But look at the big change that changed the nation, you know, what they did. Um, so but well, go ahead, I don't want to steal your thunder. No, no,
3: no, that's OK. Um, and then it says, what did the role uh, the church play in doing justice? And what I underlined was um, they, you know, which I grew up in also in church, is, you know, the moral and spiritual rejuvenation, mm-hmm. the political education. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, if something's mm-hmm. going on in the community. It was at the church. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 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 Right. Um, Identity and group solidarity. Mm-hmm. And then raising funds for, you know, different mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you need causes. money. You cannot do right. justice
0: ministry without making a financial investment. Correct. You cannot. Need
3: money. So those were, like, the four things that I kind of underlined from the paragraph um was there and then underlined because it says underline the verses that support your answer. so those were the, what i underlined was the moral and spiritual rejuvenation the political education the identity and group solidarity and the the raising funds yes
0: so i put a recap um on this slide if y'all want to take a snap picture we're out of time um but i you know i agree with everything that you said but if you needed to wanted to write mm-hmm. on your handout and take a snap picture of that. Um, the answers that I uh, put together in my own, you know, mm-hmm. in my own language. So you guys may have had something slightly different, and that's fine. Um, doesn't make one more right than the other. But I wanted to offer this as well. So, in conclusion, <laughs> we learned today, right, that the church is called to do justice, right? And who does God require to do it? You, you, you. Right, you, you, right. So not them. You, right. Um, and you meaning us collectively, right? The body of Christ, right. We have a role to play in doing justice, right. As you're starting your justice ministries, you want to choose a, you want to have a vision, right. You want to choose a good leader. You want to make that financial commitment. You want to make sure that you are teaching and equipping. People need to understand that it is God requires that the church is fighting for his righteousness in the earth. So we, we really don't have an option, right? Um, so we want to make sure that we're doing all that. We want to understand what it means to do justice, right? We have causes that we're fighting for or whatever. We want to understand what it means to do justice. It's a systemic change, right? And I'm kind of going over this, not having time to quiz y'all um, because I need to release y'all for the next part of the of the conference. So hopefully something was said and, and done mm-hmm. here today to help us to understand the role of the church in doing justice. Um, I offer a full training because what we do, what we're doing here today, is not enough to get you to get you going uh, to really flush through all of these seven. Parts of what it takes to build a justice ministry. So if you're interested in that, you can visit my website and request on the uh, service page for a consultation for us to talk about how we can work to do a training at your church or a, ch- a training with churches right? Um, to be collaborative in that effort. And with that, I just want to say thank you for spending part you. of your afternoon w- or morning with yeah. me.